So what I was going to do, uh, apropos our, our discussion about Disneyland just now, I was going to do a Mickey Mouse voice. Then I realized I can't do a Mickey Mouse voice. <laughs> so I'm just going to do a regular Paul voice. But I want, I want this. This is going to be on the podcast because I want everyone to know that I had the idea. I, I figured. Yeah. 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 So okay. now what I want to hear is you as Paul, like do, do the, do the <laughs> Sorry, speech I thought, pattern. I thought you were going to do like, do Mickey Mouse doing an impression of Paul then. <laughs> No, that's super difficult because you have to do a high voice pretending to be a low voice. Like it's <laughs> yeah, so hard. Which, um, how do you do that? No, do do the voice inflections. You know, without it actually being the the pitch. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Ha ha. There you go. <laughs> As you know, <laughs> this is measure of an episode. I see. I, I can't even think about how would he, how would Mickey Mouse say it. This is measure of an episode. Ha <laughs> ha. Where is our continuing mission? Ha <laughs> ha. To is that I go naked. Now I want to go and speed it up just to see if I'm at all on point of what Mickey Mouse would sound like. Uh, where it is our continuing mission to seek out new episodes of Star Trek. What's our blurb? Where it is our continuing mission to discover? No. What do we to say? Explore. To explore what what makes a Star Trek episode a proper, a genuine Star Trek episode, and not just. Uh, an episode from the original series of Star Trek. Oh, the battle. This, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep. which, this, which this episode is. I am Paul. I'm Jonathan. And we do this with three criteria, which, hang on, is... Three criteria is... Let's hear it. Well, yeah, it's... It, <laughs> it's, it's our... It's our I've, I've always assumed the three criteria is, is a thing. Like, it's... Oh, it's, I see. I see. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Um, number one, broken down into the three parts are, uh, is there science fiction embedded in the plot and required for the plot to be? Number two, is that science fiction unique or novel in some way? And number three, is there a moral or ethical dilemma for a character to resolve? Man, we're, we haven't done this in a while. (laughs) I know it sounded like you're reading it off of Wikipedia, but it was in Mandarin. Oh no, no, it was just it was just loading. I'm I've got it on a <laughs> on a JPEG and I'm on a dial up. And so <laughs> have we even said the word Star Trek yet in our Star Trek podcast? Uh, yeah, we did at the beginning. We did. Uh so do you want another chance at that uh <laughs> or should we keep that? We keep no, I got it. Up? I covered it. Okay, all. you got it. Yeah. Oh, we got it. <laughs> it took me a while, but I got there. Yeah. We know. <laughs> we know that it took you. <laughs> and so this week we watched The Battle, which is the uh, eighth episode of season one? Correct. Right? Okay. Yes. Um, and if we want to wait while I pull up the blur. <laughs> After waiting for a response <laughs> to their hails for three days, Captain Picard finds that the Ferengi have discovered the Stargazer, his old ship. And, okay, so this is a, this is a very disturbing episode not in in content for me but but okay so this is probably our first season one especially early early season one star trek episode that we've watched or Mm -hmm. next gen episode that we've watched and i just don't remember how alike this first season is to the original series or this episode is very much from the the cloth of the original series because it's so felt alien to next generation yeah uh Pardon the pun, because it, it it felt like 
all the lighting is super hard and it doesn't feel just as polished as a normal next gen. And I, again, I don't know if this is because I'm used to watching the latter episodes in the latter seasons. Did it feel this way to you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think about a third of the way through, I was, I was very much believing that this episode was a, they just, you know, they went into like a rewrite or something. Yeah. Gene Roddenberry's folders and just kind of dusted it off when they were like, okay, let's uh, find and replace Kirk with Picard. Right. Even, even the opening scene where Picard is essentially reading the Netflix blurb, blurb to us. That room that they're in is obviously his quarters, I'm guessing. But it was – I would thought, oh, are they on a different ship? Are they yeah. on – it didn't feel like it was his quarters, nor did it feel like it was on the Enterprise because he, he has a fish in there. I right. know he has a fish in his ready room. Is he like a weird closeted fish advocate? <laughs> is he Troy McClure? <laughs> Who is that? I don't get it. Oh, that's uh, a Simpsons reference. Oh. Uh, Troy McClure is the the actor who does everything, and he he wound up marrying one of the twins, Patty or Selma, um, to prove that he wasn't a like fish fetishist. So, huh. yeah. Now the joke is even funnier since I've explained it. <laughs> well, I don't, I've never watched them since, so how would I know? But you're right; it's much funnier now. I can tell um, with how hard yeah. you're laughing. <laughs> well, even down so there, the lighting. And the acting seems a little bit notched up and, yeah. and, and, and complete with sort of the extroverted slash shady alien. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like the, the, the main Ferengi guy is just that kind of – you know how all of the aliens or villains were on, on TOS? They were just sort of these outwardly like gushing characters that were always yelling Right, you know, gregariously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even very that. one note. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, a, like the music was very old-fashioned. And very kind of overbearing. I don't know. I just felt like it was they had somehow digitally replaced all of the original series characters with next gen characters. Being within the first half of the first season, it had to have been. I'd like to think that it was intentional. They're basically using TOS, TOS scripts to try and draw in the fans, you know, and kind of say like, "Look, this is." It's familiar in some way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yes, it's new actors, but obviously we couldn't use the old ones anymore. So here's here are scripts that you – here are stories that you know, characters that you will immediately recognize. and In an aesthetic that people will recognize, obviously. Right. And they kind of did – I don't know. Like I didn't like this part where Crusher comes in at the very beginning and he's like, I have a headache. She's like, a what? A headache. I just read about them. And she's like, what are you talking about? I've never heard of this. And they, they do this back and forth for 30 seconds about headaches and how they just don't happen anymore. And I was like, okay, I get it. But does it have to be something – like does it have to be that uh, tongue-in-cheek? Do you have to be so funny about it, right? I can't think of the right word. But you know what I mean. Like, can, mm-hmm. Couldn't it have been something a little bit more uh, rare that people don't have every single day of their lives? Maybe it needed to be this so it could be what it became, the, the show – but it just felt like sci-fi medical porn to me. <laughs> well, not even because it wasn't – they didn't say – oh, well, I guess they did by by mapping the brain. Um, but they – it didn't feel like medical porn because I, I didn't feel like they were providing something that hasn't happened yet that – like there wasn't anything medically described aside from her just commenting that like when the brain was fully mapped, we got rid of colds too, which doesn't seem to really make sense. <laughs> Right. They're just trying to say we're in the future. Things are better. We still have our problems, but you don't have these old things that you used to have, audience. Right. Right. And it's just, okay, we, all right, we got it. 
you know, we're in the future. Let's get back <laughs> yeah, to the... Yeah, we, to, we got that by the fact that you're flying around in space. Yeah, we, we can't do that yet. <laughs> so... <laughs> We'll yeah, I think I think you're right. Like it was it was very much intentional too to talk about like just how advanced society has become and the the medical advancements we've had. Um and obviously we're coming at it from 30 years later, but it's still it would have been nice if it had been I, I think in a later season it would have been downplayed more. Well, why not make it something I don't know, like a a rash of some kind or acne, right? Things that feel like not everybody has them every single day. Like if somebody were to say, I can see it being in a house episode, a, a Dr. Gregory house, whatever house MD, where someone's like, someone has polio. They came with polio. It's like, what do you mean? We were eradicated polio like a hundred years ago. What, why this, they don't have polio tested again. Like, no, we checked it. It's polio. And that would be the interest of the episode. It's not like something more random. You know what I mean? Like that, that makes more sense than a headache and then them saying like oh we, we don't get headaches anymore surely you're mistaken are you sure <laughs> go 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 back to work you're wrong yeah. <laughs> yeah. you don't have a headache now run along yeah i don't know it felt it just felt a little a little too on the nose uh, other than the the dialogue like what was your frustration with that because the the headache was kind of crucial to the the episode i felt like they could have had some sort of manifestation of how he was being affected by this orb or whatever that wasn't just sort of, sort of simpleton thing that, that, that it just was very uncreative to me. Give him the, like, lose the ability to see color or give him the, like, make his hearing diminished or the inability to taste or something like that. Mess with him in a way that doesn't happen to everyone every day where you're not just trying to signal that we don't get headaches anymore. You know, it's gotcha. Like, oh. Okay. Okay. Like, make it more interesting than mm-hmm. I'm just been getting these headaches. It just felt like, it almost felt like it was a, an episode of murder. She wrote, you know? <laughs> right. Well, um, it, or like the uh, the Loaxana episode where everybody was getting headaches around her. Yeah, that's interesting. Where where it's just people get these transient headaches whenever she walks around. That's that's better than than starting it out with oh we don't get headaches anymore. Actually, yeah. Well, and just with that thing that I just said, clearly that's not true. <laughs> just a couple of years later, that I mean, people don't get headaches. Like yeah, they, they get them fine. Yeah. Right. Right. They very, they very quickly realize, well, that's just ridiculous. Like, oh. <laughs> well, or uh crusher was just the terrible doctor. <laughs> she just turns down medical treatment because like, she never heard of it. <laughs> they're wrong. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I broke my leg. Oh, people don't break their legs. Go back to work. Yeah. Yeah. So clearly it's not broken. Next. This doctor thing is easy. <laughs> Uh, good thing I'm not getting paid for this. <laughs> she does this thing too that happens a lot. I don't know if it's – I think it's in every single Star Trek where the doctor will come in and just, just spray somebody of them unknowing, like hypospray them with something. And they're like, what was that? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I feel like their reaction is very understated for having just been drugged and dosed with something you have no idea what it is. What was the <laughs> <laughs> That never happens. <laughs> oh wait, no, that's not true. It happens all the time. Like they they give them the hypo spray in their neck, you know, and the person's like, "No, wait, you." Can- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's funnier when they're in mid sentence. Right? That <laughs> <Right>. doesn't happen. <laughs> no, wait, I'm allergic to crushing you over and leave them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or just when they want them to stop, give them a numbing agent. <laughs> But they insist on continuing out their duties on the bridge. <laughs> right. 
It just turns into a Dudley Moore movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so the Ferengi, they beam over and there's this big mystery as to why the Ferengi have called them there and they've just been making them wait for three days. And I guess that is in retrospect. So uh, the, their grip on Picard with this orb can set, can set in. Can gain purchase. Oh, yeah, but that was I never guess, explained. Yeah. They never say that, but I'm guessing that that is the implication. Right. We're supposed to infer that. Yeah. But so, so they, they're about to beam over. And I did notice something, a couple of things about this one scene is that number one, the bridge is super crowded with people. And I, I can't wait to watch more season one episodes to see if that was sort of the, the aesthetic of season one where they wanted a bunch of people, sort of a hustle and bustling kind of area right. versus later where there are very few people. There maybe is one kind of extra on the, at the back of the bridge doing stuff uh-huh. otherwise. And, and maybe the helms, helmsman helmswoman and otherwise it is empty with just the main characters. But here there were three or four people kind of walking around and walking in front of Picard as he's doing his captaining. Right. I just that struck me as like, oh, this is very interesting. This is this is this is obviously a season one. They're still working their stuff out. Yeah, yeah they're still yeah, exactly. So that's interesting. The other thing I noticed is the Ferengi. And so if we take Cork as the Paragon Ferengi, the the, the one who we sort of think of when we think of a Ferengi because of Deep Space Nine. Uh-huh. And we take these guys and obviously they're the first time we've met the Ferengi, I'm guessing, uh in Star Trek. And they, like I had said before, they feel like your typical villain from the original series, which is just overly effuse and right. kind of shady, though, like a kind of like a carpet salesman type of personality, mm-hmm. a car salesman. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but the way that the other, uh, and even the main guy, I forget their names, the captain or whatever, and his two lieutenants, they they're kind of playing it like the dweeb squad. You know, they're kind of like, if, if, you, were, if you were to take nerds, that movie nerds, isn't there a movie uh-huh. called nerds or the nerd squad or something like that? Right. Right. Um, gotcha. They're playing yeah. it like those guys. Did, I don't know. Did that stick out to you? Um, it, it didn't until you said that, but absolutely it, it does. Um, they, they very much have like, instead of, instead of snarling, if they were snickering, that's exactly what it would be. Just the, those st- computer nerds from 80s and 90s sitcom high school sitcom shows right uh where they're just kind of standing off on the side like giggling and snickering at each other for the the fact that they're talking to a girl yeah right yes yeah Yeah, just felt it felt that way i mean it probably partly to blame are the the mouth prosthetics that they were wearing where they just can't talk because they're so big Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. their speech is totally impeded yeah i mean the teeth do look great but they look cool Yeah. yeah You're you're absolutely right. Um, So one of the 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 captain of the ship actually played two other characters in um, in the Star Trek series. And it was always Ferengi and it was always a different Ferengi. Mm -hmm. And I find that really strange. Like if you're going to bring back the same actor to play the same alien, why not have it be the same captain well i get the impression that that at the end of this episode that he's dealt with he's right yeah he's relieved of commission yeah right um but he he still you know circumstances change like the captain has (laughs) been relieved of duty and got it back Well, and Um, you could see that the perhaps because it is such a more money-oriented wealth-oriented society that maybe he bought his way out because he's obviously very wealthy because he has two of those orbs that are apparently very rare and very hard to get. Right. And so he's very, he's a very wealthy person. So maybe he bought his way out of jail. Yeah. And then this character, the captain actually does come back in a later, I think a season six episode. 
and it's played by a different actor. <laughs> it's very confusing. Right. Yeah. So um, anyway, so uh, did, I don't know if this was true for you. I did not know that when – so Picard is recounting his Stargazer story when the you know the Ferengi presented as their gift. Mm-hmm. And I, I did not know that this was when the Picard maneuver was established. I thought it was established in that kind of – War Games episode between Geordi and the and they find this other ship and they it, I don't know I don't want to go into that episode but that's when they that they brought it up and not in this particular episode where he sort of just talks about it right well I, I think the episode that you're thinking of the reason why it's remembered that way is because that's the episode where we see it and I right. thought we were yeah. going to see it in this episode um, that's what I thought too is like yeah. oh this is that episode because there was another right. ship that they, like another derelict abandoned ship that they were going to use that they use in both episodes mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Um, yeah so it was it was odd to me that two things were established in this very strange episode of next generation that that play huge roles in the Star Trek universe yeah um, but right but it's it's not the episode that you remember those things in no not at yeah. all in fact I did not like this episode at all nothing about it. <laughs> You didn't. You didn't even like. Like you didn't like it for it being a TOS episode. I mean, I, I guess, but I mean, I thought it was a terrible Magnum PI episode too. <laughs> I, I, as long as we're, as long as it's a, a next gen episode, like to me, it's like I don't know. It wasn't that good. I just it. It was sort of adjacent. It was like Star Trek adjacent for some reason to me. Did you like it? I mean, I did. I'm, I'm still, I'm still trying to consider whether or not it's a, is a proper Star Trek. Um, but I, I, I did enjoy it because it actually, you know, for being so early in the series, uh, it provided a lot of character development for Picard. Um, just talking about like his, his experience on the, the Constellation Cruiser, what was it called? Uh, the Stargazer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, for not being a character episode, I thought it was really cool to see character moments this early on in the series. Yeah, it was nice to see that he had a life beforehand. And everybody can relate to, you know, if you see old pictures of your old dorm room or an old house, you're like, oh, that would be cool to walk around in there. And he got that opportunity to sort of walk around at his old home, essentially. Right, right. So that was an interesting kind of thing. I felt like in terms of it being character development, I I felt like I didn't quite understand um, what the point of the episode was because um, I'm just going to jump to the end here. So the end is the Ferengi are controlling Picard for him to relive this uh, this infamous day where it's people don't like we don't we're unsure if Picard fired first upon this uh, this other spacecraft or if they started firing on him and that's kind of the the conceit of the of the of the episode is like, we don't know. And obviously we find out that Picard, he wasn't firing on anything that they fired on him. Am I, am I getting this right? I'm trying to remember what happened. It's so jumbled because I don't understand what, like, was he supposed to die in this, in this creation that the Ferengi guy made for him? Like what, what was the point of making him relive it by controlling his mind? So the, the Frankie captain wanted Picard to lose everything in the same way that the Frankie captain did. So he wanted, he wanted Picard to think that the enterprise was the Ferengi ship and he was going to have Picard use the Picard maneuver in the stargazer again to destroy the enterprise. That seems like a long way to go. <laughs> to oh just yeah. Kill, just to kill Picard. Well, but I mean, it wasn't to kill Picard. It was to make him suffer the sorry, same way that the, right. the captain to, did. Yeah. To, to vanquish Picard, whether it's his career, his life or, or his act, his actual life, like to, to, to affect him. Why not just cut his nuts off or something? Like, did you have to go through all of this 
to to get back at him. It, it just seems like so, it was it wasn't just oh I want you to die in this terrible way the way my father died or whatever the storyline was. Mm-hmm. It was I want you to kill thousands of people on this ship uh, in this weird way. Like it's he was just reliving this thing where I mean it just didn't I don't know it didn't make a lot of sense to me with the amount of time they spent on it. It wasn't this grand reveal at the end where it's like oh I get it now I get why they went through this whole thing so we could relive it whatever. But I don't know. It seemed like just cut his nuts off. <laughs> Call it a day. It It is a very elaborate plan for revenge. But it, it's also been however many years. And I feel like, you know, it probably started that way. And then it, he found out about this neural transmitter. And, you know, and he was like, or I could control Picard. And then he, you know, and then he got the savings and he bought one and he found out that you need two. um, And he's already halfway invested, you know, so he's like, well, now I got to get the second one. Um. (laughs) It's the whole game we play with iPhones and charger cables. Same thing. Right. Yeah. You know, now now we got this piece. No, I feel I feel like I feel like it's you're eating pizza with friends, you know, and like. There's still two slices left after you've like all of you have finished two pizzas and you're full, but the two slices are still there and everybody else is done, you know, and you're like, well, nobody's going to take home these two pieces. Well, (laughs) I'm I'm in for a penny in for a pound, I guess, you know, and like you just have at it. Yeah. And we all know how that works out Mm -hmm. because normally we would do that by losing your captain commission. (laughs) He should have done the pizza gag. Damn it. Remember in when we were in marching band that one time and we would always go to Pizza Hut at like yeah. 11.15 and then yeah. everybody would order their own pizza and we'd just sit there and eat pizza at 11.15 and then the next day, wake up, feel great. Yep. Saturday morning, feeling great because we ate a whole pizza the night before. We, ate a whole we, pizza. we hung out with we, we hung out with friends. Forget what we were doing because that didn't matter. We hung out with friends. Right. Like I guess that's now, <laughs> eating a whole pizza the next morning, we absolutely would know. Right. You know, wish I had those days back where you could just eat anything. Right. I don't care about friends. Well, could you like do you, do you want to though? I mean there are there are some things that I'm like, man, I wish I wish I could eat that and enjoy it and not and not have any consequences later. But <laughs> there are other things, you know, like um hostess cupcakes and uh I'm trying to I'm trying to think of some other things, like the super sugary cereals that you know, like I, I never had in my house and so at sleepovers I would I would always eat the entire box. Um, but now like I have, we, we buy occasionally like the Trader Joe's sugary cereals. Um, and I'll have like half a bowl and, uh, you know, I'm like, it's just, it's too sweet. I'm done. Yeah. Like I, yeah. you know, and so there, yes, there are some things like I, I wish that I could just grab and eat without having any consequences with it. But for the most part, like I kind of got to enjoy those things at the time where I did enjoy them. You know, now I try to do it and I'm like, that's nah, it. it it's not what I remember it tasting or it's right. too much, you know, so like I, I can cut myself off. But yeah, I mean, even if I were to have like a Reese's peanut butter cup, I mean, I, I wouldn't get sick or anything, but I would be like, I'd feel it be like, mm-hmm. no, this is like, this is like too much, this right. too much stuff um, that I'm not used to having. And I, I, for me, it's not so much could I eat you know, to overeat a bunch of bad stuff, but to just be able to eat in excess, I guess, even if it's healthy food. <laughs> Like you could just eat. I don't know. I, I don't know if, if you're the same way, but I have this problem where if I eat too much, I don't sleep very well. And right. so I can't eat too much at dinner. And sometimes I want to. And so I would rather I would like to be able to do that. A la, you know, um, high school. Bang, uh, yeah. High school where you can just yeah. eat whatever you want. <laughs> Stuffed crust with extra cheese, extra pepperoni. Uh, right. And immediately la, go to bed. 
Yeah. Immediately go to bed. <laughs> Immediately. Like you drive home, don't undress, fall into bread, into bed. <laughs> and just fall into more bread. <laughs> uh, so yeah, okay. obviously the Ferengi had many options to carry out. We could They could just make Picard eat a whole pizza by himself. And that would be <laughs> enough punishment. Uh, what does that mean, Paul? I don't think our listeners will know. <laughs> Can I at least have some wine? No. <laughs> Picard. And now it's time for bed. <laughs> no. No. That's why he was having such bad dreams. <laughs> Too much sodium. Uh so yeah, I I okay, so you're right. Okay, so so it was it was to have him kill the Enterprise, which I feel like the Stargazer is no match for the Enterprise. No matter how many Picard maneuvers he does, it, they're gonna be like, oh well. He's shooting at us. Let's grab it to tractor beam. It's sort of like, you know, the, the, the five-year-old who wants to beat you up. You just kind of hold him by the head. Right. Do anything. He's, yeah. Super irritated. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, knowing he's going to do the Picard maneuver, it already is going to be less effective because they can just put up the shields right away. Like there's, it doesn't matter where you're going to fire. It's a weaker ship. Well, not to mention he's, he's ordering ghost crew members to do stuff who aren't really there. So there's nobody touching anything on the, on the helm. I mean, I think eventually he sits down at the helm. Well, and, and also, again, this was explained the the Ferengi, uh, reprogrammed and this, this creates so many more questions, but he reprogrammed the the bridge to for the computer to respond to any of Picard's commands. If you can have a captain run an entire ship by himself by having the computer take care of everything, why do you need anyone else on the bridge? Uh-huh, which uh, leads to that one awesome Beverly Crusher episode where people keep disappearing on the ship, but everybody doesn't notice. They just feel that it has always been that way. And then that last scene with Picard where she says, where's everybody else on the ship? He's like, what are you talking about? We've never needed anybody else on the ship. This right. is the episode that they're drawing from. This one. <laughs> He's like, don't you remember the Stargazer? <laughs> yeah. Surely you remember. I had a headache then. Remember the headache? <laughs> I seem to remember a headache. Yes. Right. Well, yeah, and then tapestry. Worf gets headaches. <laughs> Sorry, just yeah. remembering episodes where I, headaches yeah. are crucial plot points. Crusher's just a bad doctor. That's why we need Pulowski back. She just refuses to accept headaches. She's never had one, so she just believes they're made up. Like, it's strictly yeah. psychological. <laughs> Testicular cancer does not exist. <laughs> I've never had it. Um, uh, but the only other interesting thing that happens on this show is that Major Barrett is not the voice of the uh, of the computer. Yeah, Didn't sound like her. Uh, I mean, it, it may very well be her, just in a different tone of voice. But I don't think it's her. Right? No. There. Yeah. There were a couple places where I I, I heard the same thing. You know, I was like, wait, is is that Major Barrett? No, I don't. I well, I guess we could look it up. But we don't do that on the show. <laughs> we <laughs> no, feel actually, it out. I, I do have it. Mm. It actually doesn't say anything about it. Anyway, yeah, so there wasn't much. There wasn't much computer talk. Anyway, I think it happens once or twice. If right, that, yeah. I I don't know. I n- not a good episode for me. And also, don't believe it's a a genuine Star Trek episode at all. Um, I don't. There's not much science fiction in this. There's a good character stuff where he talks about the Picard maneuver, but that's just a story. Right. And and really the the. Majority of the episode is him dreaming about doing the Picard maneuver. It's sort of like there are those. Actually, it's kind of well done, you know, for 1980, whatever, 987, whatever it came out, but not 88. 
they had those ghost crew members on the Stargazer and there was mm-hmm. fire. And I, I can imagine mm-hmm. that being pretty cool at the, for the time. So that mm-hmm. looked good, but not a lot of, not a lot of um, science fiction happening in the show. And yeah. even data is underplayed. He just sort of does a weird look at Wesley. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. does that because everybody hates Wesley, but <laughs> so this is the episode that started the hate. Yeah, <laughs> it did. How so? Well, because- so to, to go back to the special effects, um, that was, it was done with a steady cam. Um, and they, they just kept the camera in the same place and they filmed the scene with the crew and the fire. And then they had Picard, um, do his scenes. Um, and then they just, they, they overlay and did the transparency at like 50%. So his scene was, was full and, um, yeah. And there was enough translucency in the, in the characters to make it look like the ghosts. Um, yeah. Uh, and then this episode, um, Will Wheaton believes that is this is the episode that made everybody turn on on Wesley, which is really sad since it was so early on. Um, <laughs> but he he talks about how he happened to glance at um, Picard's uh, Crusher's medical record of Picard's brainwave, and he was looking at the the wavelength signature that was coming from the Ferengi ship and he was the one who noticed that they were connected um you know not the not the android not the starfleet professionals but just this student and he he noticed that they were the same and then when they walked out he's like you're welcome ladies <laughs> adults <laughs> grown up yeah whatever yeah it was so un Star Trek to me, and yeah. maybe I'm saying that with the benefit of hindsight of of knowing what the show becomes. Mm-hmm. But it it does feel. I mean, I can see. I mean, he's just as I guess hateable in this as he is in every other episode. Um, and that's nothing to say to uh, Will Wheaton. I think he did the job that he was asked to do. I think the right. writing may have been somewhat just laborious with him. They they didn't know the character and it was adults writing for a kid. Yeah, I don't know. It d- didn't feel right. It didn't feel science fictiony. Right. So I say nay, nay. Well, so um, I mean, it did it did have the the mind control. I guess. I mean, it didn't feel like the yes. It felt like the episode was uh, it required that thing, but it could have been anything. I guess. I, you know, like I, it would, it could have also just been like another empath on the other ship doing something. I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't feel, um, Unique. authentic. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, kind of along those lines, just to, to cover them all, was there, was there a moral or ethical dilemma? Cause I, I feel like it was just a challenge to overcome. I don't feel like anybody was actually internally struggling with anything. Not really. I mean, I think that there was the ethical and moral dilemma of whether or not Picard shot first. Mm, yeah. But that wasn't. I think what was happening was everybody thought that Picard would never do that. And it would have been interesting. I actually don't know how the episode ends up. <laughs> Does he end up that he actually did shoot first? I don't remember. But if it did, then maybe it's a little bit better on in my book because I felt like that's a better character moment where here's this this captain who seems to be infallible uh, mm-hmm. made a mistake. And mm-hmm. it was a big mistake. And it cost a lot of people's lives. And while maybe not he's a villain or something like that. Right. And, and that would have been more interesting to explore, but they, I feel like they don't. In fact, I, I, I still can't remember where they come down on that mystery. Cause that there was it, a log or something that was. Yeah. And, yeah. and they figured out that it was forged and that Picard was in the right all, the whole time. Like all of it was right. Yeah. All of it worked out in the end, exactly the way it was supposed to. Right. It just, Except thought, for the guy. what do you think? You have not weighed in. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, 
you know, I, I think that there, there were all these problems with it. You're right. But I think seeing it as a TOS with a TNG skin, I, I enjoyed the episode, but I don't think it is proper Star Trek. I think you're right. Um, yeah. you know, I don't, I, the, there is a, a moral dilemma that Picard struggles with as to whether or not he did make the right choice. Um, which, you know, was, was fun to see, you know, he, he said like, he kind of talks about that. And that, that was the character moment that I was talking about that I, that I enjoyed where he was, you know, saying like he, he's always believed that he made the right choice there, you know, but now, now he doesn't know. And, you know, and whatever he said there, it was just a nice moment. Um, yeah. And maybe, maybe it would have been better if he was questioning himself and all of a sudden he becomes sort of insecure as a captain and he's forced to make, instead of this whole thing where he's dreaming up this, this scenario at the end of the episode, why not put him in a different scenario where he questions his decisions and, whether or not he made the right one back then, he kind of has to move on and figure out like, hey, well, I can't change the past, even though I made a mistake. And I don't know what is the right thing to do, but I'm just going to go with my gut. And he has to kind of regain his his mojo, as it were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would have been more interesting. I don't know if it would have made it a better Star Trek episode, but it would have at least been a better arc for Picard in this episode. Because I think nothing, nothing really ha- – he's just sort of a victim as opposed to it being about Picard. Right, right. Well, and you saying that just kind of made me realize I feel like a lot of episodes, the the whole story takes place at a point, you know, like they, the um, the exocomps, they they're only at the station, you know, they, they never travel anywhere else in that episode. This episode was with a conflict with the Ferengi in space and they stayed there like they didn't travel anywhere else and have another conflict later. It's interesting to think that episodes could have been, I guess, more fleshed out. If we had seen kind of what you were just saying, like the the repercussions of something that happened in Act One is now taking place at a different location in Act Three, and we're seeing you know what the, the what the consequences were of what happened in in Act One, right? Just to have a little bit more scale, that's what you're mm-hmm. like. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it doesn't just get resolved at that one place and they move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's what I think that that's what we both like about other episodes where they're going from place to place and, you know, it kind of feels a little bit more like a movie than it does just very episodic in location. It's like, Oh, mm-hmm. we're here. And that, which is how TOS was usually, I think the, the vast majority of them take place on a single planet or on the ship doing something, you know, it's never because they're going from place to place. Right. Right. Yeah. But, but yeah, so I would say, um, uh, well, and just the, the science fiction element of it, I think, I think you're right. Like, yes, it is a science fiction, but I don't, I don't think it's unique at all. Um, the mind control, you know, the, the MacGuffin sphere is, um, yeah, yeah, the, the orb, but, um, but the, the, the mind control of someone else to, to either see or do something that's not unique by any stretch. So, um, so it's a no, 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 no. Uh, no, no, no. Yes. Oh yeah. You I, liked, I, you yeah. Liked it. I did enjoy it. Okay. Um, well, you're wrong. <laughs> we All can, right. you know, we can, we can disagree. You can, we can disagree to disagree. Yeah. So, well, I guess with that, let's see what we're watching next. Okay. Star Trek deep space nine season three, episode 19 through the looking glass. Oh, fun. Yeah. It's a mirror episode. Cisco is abducted by a double of O'Brien. Okay. Who takes him to the mirror universe that Kira and Bashir visited a year ago? Actually, that oh. sounds interesting. She's wearing okay. like in the in the thing she's wearing like a Tila costume, and 
I mean, I feel like maybe we should watch the other one first, but it's not going to happen. So let's just watch this one and okay. see what happens. I was going to say we can if you want to, um, <laughs> but I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember them like except for unless they do like a previously on D Space Nine, um, which that'll give us all the information we need. I don't remember them doing sequels to one-off episodes. You know, like yeah. it was it was a continuation of a story arc. Um, and they, or they, you know, or they would reference it in a way that was, uh, they, they provided all the information you needed to know. They, they didn't, right. um, do a direct sequel. So I don't think we need to watch the first one, but do you okay. want to? The completest in me wants to, but I think that that's, that's a dangerous road to go down. I will say that they mentioned a mirror universe, which is a, I think a big deal in discovery. I don't know because I haven't mm. seen it, but I remember hearing about some sort of mirror universe or something like that. Right. But I wonder if it's the same thing. Uh, there's no way to know. Right. Well, and it's funny too because all of the – I just realized all of the odd series have had um, mirror universes. I mean I guess Discovery doesn't count because it was the sixth one to come out. But TOS, uh, DS9, and Enterprise. You're right. Wow. Nice uh, observation except – for discovery, as long as we don't count one of the uh, Star Trek, <laughs> it still. I works. mean, so many old school fans don't count it anyway. So why should we? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So should let's we go watch go this? Watch it. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. Let's go watch it. Okay. 